You're listening to the Sauropod. I'm Justin Zeppa. And I'm Datevos Bergman. And this is Reykjavik Tonight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's game. This is a very important matchup. Team USA against Iceland in what could be a preview of the championship game. Driving around in convertibles, talking to all the sponsor fools. Or hanging with the Iceland lady. We saw you two Saturday night. Eating ice cream with the enemy, huh, coach? Are you kidding? I wanted to go to the party and put on funny hats and be obnoxious and talk too loud and get stoned. Uphold the American image abroad. Yeah, there it is. Gladiol. All that stuff. All the usual things. We're not going to get into it this time. We did it last time. The D2, the Mighty Ducks, Part 2, D2. But the I'm dis- aware of them now. The disappointment in those ducks when they find out that Coach Bombay was eating ice cream with the enemy delights me so hardcore. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? What? <laughs> eating ice cream? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent soundbite there. Yeah. Um, we do have a bunch of new drops for you. I will oh, give you wonderful. We got oohs and ahs. We've got boos. Oh, yeah. Ahs. I was asking for the boos earlier, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see if I can find a boo for you here. Mm. Well, I kind of have to have a... Oh, it's an excellent, overly <laughs> long boo. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's really aggressive. But the problem here is that I want to have the boo button. So, uh, do you want to run the Do you want to run the buttons today? I just want the boo button. Just a boo button. Okay. Well, we'll I'll work on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try to put that technology together for you. I'm not sure if it's available yet. Like, uh, are we in the future or, or? You know what? I think the cloud's involved. I think I can uh, Dropbox it to you. Oh yeah. Or uh, airdrop it, airdrop box it to you, and then you can have access to to it on your. Uh, device, uh, I believe they're tablets or CRT monitor, telephones, things like this. Yes, I'll yes. I'll page it to you, and you can use it from there. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, seasons greetings, everybody. Welcome again to the show, Reykjavik tonight. I'm Justin Zeppa. That's Detefos Bergman. It, it doesn't matter. You don't know who either of us are. Nope. So we. Why won't, are you listening to us? We won't. Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> I mean, it's a very valid question at this point. Presumably, you know one of us. So I mean, you you've listened through like <laughs> a fair few minutes of this particular episode. Already, we're three. We're over three minutes into this, and you are still listening. It's quite there, strange. There's definitely a great chance that you don't know who you're listening to, and that's it, that's how we like it. That's yeah. that's how we do it around here. E Reykjavik, Gravarvoye. Yeah. No less. And again, uh, teeming, bustling crowds out in the square here. It's quite lovely seeing all the crowd gathered around us in a, such a festive mood because we're here in the in the oil painting gallery, mm-hmm. but it has a glass wall that uh, points out to the to the square. Of it's our background. World. We find it inspiring to see the faces of those people who may be listening to us at some point. Uh, Presumably that that's why they're here. Otherwise, I'm not sure why they would be outside it, if they it, weren't listening to it's us. It's quite strange because this isn't broadcast live. It's uh, not at uh, all. They they can't hear what we're doing. <laughs> and again, as we know, podcast is the most visual of mediums, but our our cameras and microphones are not pointed at said window. So not it's baffling all. as to why they're even here. I mean, 
especially with holiday plane ticket prices and things like that. Exactly. You know, they're gouging. They're gouging you with those prices. They are indeed. They are indeed. So uh, it's our holiday festival season here. Mm. Again, gladly yo. I mean, yes. I don't know how. Well, to maybe say the it. we could start off with uh, the the question that's on everybody's mind. Have okay. you been uh, whamageddoned? Whamageddoned? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Is it a now? Listen, I'm going to speculate wildly here. I'm going to assume because I think it was what last year that GM died, right? GM? Yes, indeed. Did or the day or the year before? Was it the okay? I know I was here when it happened. Mm. A lot of people were talking about it. It's a very... George Michael seems to be a very European type of gentleman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he was most European of them all. Not that they didn't have their time in the sky in the States, but that was approximately 30 years ago. And I think he didn't have the longest lasting effect. I think that his death may have been the best thing for him career-wise. Oh, definitely. States. I mean, uh, he, he became uh, a superstar. Yeah, he was just, he was merely super before, yes. but then he became a shooting star. Uh, the bathroom, it was the bathroom thing that uh, really sent him to the top of the charts in people's <laughs> consciousness. Um, but anyway, what are you talking about Whamageddon? What Whamageddon. Is this? You were going to speculate on what, what, what it is. I just think it has something to do with the celebration of George Michael's life and music along with the other guy. Nope. Not nope. at all. Oh, okay. It's nothing so, to do with Wham? Whamageddon is a, <laughs> is a game that the internet is playing where if you hear uh, Wham's Last Christmas, uh-huh. you've lost. Oh, no. So... I haven't lost yet. And it's the like only rules? The, it's like the... I don't know what day. It's, it's fairly far into December and, uh, and I've not lost yet. It's a great point because i don't think i've heard it yet i don't think so mm. um but i've also so now it's on and if you if you ever me versus you yeah it's, oh, okay uh, <laughs> we'll have to report on uh, back on this okay uh I, actually i'd like to I, I, it's something i'd very much like to win let's put it that way <laughs> i'm good i've heard that song where, i don't need to hear it again where do you stand on wonderful christmas time by paul mccartney sir paul mccartney uh was he one of the Beach Boys? He was. He was one of the Beat Boys. They're called the Beat, the Beat Boys. Boys. Yeah, the Beat Olds. One of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no. I, so this is just a, the Vamageddon thing. There's a Vamageddon.com. Oh, so uh, this is a re- okay. Yep. This is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, which one? Paul uh, McCartney. Who was that? Pa- Sir Paul. Sir Paul McCartney. Uh, we've actually engaged in a conversation about Paul McCartney's fame and how famous he is. Oh, I see. <laughs> we've had disagreeing opinions about this. Uh, I have I've put out there that I think Sir Paul is possibly cumul- cumulatively the most famous individual on the planet. That, yeah. Um, Cumulative fame. <laughs> so, starting from 1963. Oh, you mean, you mean as, in, as in he was very, very famous back then? No, and yeah. Then no, nowadays he's not very famous at all? Uh, he's less famous. He's still very famous. He's pretty famous. He's... He's pretty famous. I mean, if it's called Sir Paul, then uh, it's like Sir Plus, isn't it? He, uh, there, well, I mean, some would argue there is a surplus of Sir Paul material out there. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to but any that, of the solo material. Yeah, I mean, the other guy, was he was pretty decent. And, and George died. Lennon. Yes. <laughs> not not a knight, but uh, I think an archduke or something like that. No, yes. The, 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 the other one, yeah. He died pretty early on, so he... he he was more like if if you con if if you do fame per time unit, okay. I think uh, Lennon was was uh, more famous. Does John 
So you think John beats Paul as far as cumulative fame goes? Do you think yeah, and, and the edge is his death, you think? Definitely. I mean, I think uh, I think Paul was at the peak of his his fame yeah. around the same time as as John. Yeah, and then then it's just got less and more time. So if you divide fame by time in in units of kilograms, which uh, which you one is want to do, of yeah. course, mm-hmm. kilograms over feet. If you want to be accurate, <laughs> right? If you want to be scientific about it, yeah. So you think, <sighs> but where does Ringo factor into this? It's a great question. And everybody out there, the listening audience, you should stay tuned to a future podcast that's coming out called Who Broke Ringo, in which <laughs> I will be talking a lot about Ringo. Let's put it that way. It's just, That's just a sneak preview for you. I'm putting the information together as we speak. Well, not Is right he now, related to like The Ring, the movie? Ring, at all? Ringu? Yes, Ringu. Oh, Ringu. <laughs> Ringu and Ringo? Yeah. Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, Is it not based on his life? It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in the seventies, maybe when he was hanging out with Alice Cooper <laughs> oh, and yeah. uh, Keith Moon in L.A. when they were the Hollywood Vampires, quite possible. I mean, I think they looked similar. There is a band now called the Hollywood Vampires. Yes, well. which is featuring Alice Cooper and Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry of oh. Television's Aerosmith. Yeah, that's a that's a grizzly. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, let's to thread all these needles here. I saw a clip of Johnny Depp jamming with Paul McCartney. Oh. doing an acoustic jam which acoustic jams i mean it's never a good idea like spontaneous i mean if, especially if you're famous if there are some stakes and you've got a reputation or whatever like don't engage with an acoustic jam keep, keep away from those second of all don't engage with in an acoustic jam with a former beetle you're not gonna there's no way you're gonna win and jamming is kind of a competition right? oh, it's always a competition you always have to best the other guy you, you have wor- to be slightly better at at flourishes and yeah stuff yeah. like that absolutely i was and- nearly flur- flourished my voice there like are you trying to you're trying to do it right now with me yeah, are we yeah. are we blues jamming yeah it we've got so. those blues those Reykjavik blues <laughs> yeah, yeah um so i saw so johnny depp is is jamming in a room i think there were maybe other presumably other famous musicians i can't recall who they were the the, the main players in this story i'm weaving right now <laughs> sir paul mccartney and johnny depp right <laughs> you know them both very famous cumulative fame pretty pretty close pretty to equal. high yeah yeah um Johnny is pulling Paul this is Paul's game. You know, Paul Paul invented half of these rules for this type of situation. Yeah, so I mean, he invented the game and the rules. Yeah, and, yeah. And if he wants to change the size of the pitch, he's gonna change the size of the pitch. And who's gonna say no to Sir exactly. Paul, right? Exactly. So Paul is he's rocking out, he's doing his little Richard, like woo, all that stuff. Woo-hoo, I mean, he can just do that exactly. He can do that on end forever, and it's it sounds good, and you're like, Yeah, Paul, doing doing Paul things. It's what you expect from Paul. Johnny Depp, meanwhile, is locked in a corner uh, across the room in what i like to call tuning hell where he's not quite sure what key the jam is in but he's and he's not quite sure how to jam within that key and so what he's doing is a lot of on the spot tuning you can see you can hear him try to be like you can watch him with the the tuning knobs on the guitar he's doing this and he's still like trying to he's bobbing his head like trying to keep with it and paul keeps going because you got to keep going in a jam there's no stopping the jam exactly we should jam some silence should we all right you ready i'm gonna do i'm gonna do four bars and then you do four bars okay okay you start okay so i've already i've already started please okay i'm i I, do i have to be silent while you're silent i'm done i just finished okay let me do it all right (laughs) 
Oh, it was amazing. That was amazing because you closed your eyes while you were doing it. Yeah, I mean, I had to one-up you. That's skilled. I think you won that jam. And Paul certainly won that Johnny Depp tuning jam. <laughs> it did not come together for Johnny. But did Johnny uh, uh, do anything? Did he I don't flourish he did. at all? He was just <laughs> tuning there? Well, so, so maybe you've just, uh, you've just sort of misunderstood what was going on. Maybe it was just Johnny, ja- uh, Johnny Depp being like the guitar tech for Paul. Oh, you think he was tuning? Well, I think maybe that was the issue because it looked like he had never held a guitar before. And I know this is not the truth because Johnny Depp was a musician before he was an actor, right? Before he was a handsome man actor. He, uh, I think he put out a record too. His band was called P, just the letter P. Oh, that's so edgy. It's edgy. It's artistic. It's pure Depp, right? Yeah, exactly. Also worth noting that Depp was a brand of hair gel in the United States in the uh, late 1980s and early 1990s. Connection? I'll leave it to you out there in the audience. I think so, yeah. Anyway, speaking of music and blues jams, (laughs) as we just were, listen, I got to tell you something regarding the show here, uh, because there's nothing better than referencing the show that you're doing. Are we doing a show? show. Yeah, we're doing a show right now. Are you actually recording what I'm saying? We're rolling right now, yeah. Wow. That whole bit about the Blues Jam, it's it's on wax, all right? Wow, that's fucked up, dude. You were getting... You were getting rave reviews, my friend. The letters have been coming in. I've been hearing uh, from all from all quarters. I've actually had to move. <laughs> like, they I'm found out where I that. lived. I know. And, and now I'm unregistered. I know. And you've also... You're being Facebook stalked by Mr. Aaron Bales. Oh, yes. Um, which, do you even know who Aaron Bales is? I have no clue. Okay, so Aaron is... The <laughs> <laughs> Except that he's uh, Facebook stalking me. Yes. And, and I find it delightful. Very aggressively. He's asking you to meet a triathlete, an Icelandic triathlete. Indeed. He is. He may or may not be in love with. I, so, I mean, Aaron, so am I supposed to be like uh, checking him out and, and judging this, this man's qualities? No. Perhaps I, his packs? No. And, <laughs> And uh, glutes. I mean, I'll leave that. That's between you I, and Aaron I, and the Holy Ghost. I mean, I will. Concerned. I will check out his glutes all night long and and see if they're up to par. Presumably, they're toned, right? He's a he's I a professional. So. You would think so. I would have thought so. And this being the small island community, it is. I think it's a safe assumption that either you or somebody you know is probably related to this guy. Oh, definitely somebody I know has has uh, bumped uglies with him. <laughs> Is that, is that a thing? That's a thing people say. You know say. what? I'll tell you what. It went away, but you just brought it right back. <laughs> Thank you for that. Bumping Uglies 2019, right? That's, that's the new campaign. I love it. Uh, is that for, that's, so that's for real? You know somebody who boned this dude? Uh, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, if only we could dial it up on the app, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the app really should, should sort of, uh, it should keep a record of, of who you actually do bump uglies with just nah for the record of work i mean it's already you're so close you're so (laughs) close to having that already i did see the website that traces all of your lineages it's the it's the same one is it the same okay i mean it's insane like my i think actually the app was just some some uh student that made an interface for took all that data and kind of collated it via application yes um yeah but i have a professor who is apparently 29 generations removed from leif erickson go figure wow. i think probably most of you are right i probably am he's uh he was uh, do you think he was like a genghis khanish type of uh 
I mean, Chief it Jam. was him, and then there was like two other guys, and, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure they boned a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had bones, they had penises. It was them. It was, And they didn't know about like the contraception part of it, mm-hmm. or maybe there was a lack of seal skin. I'm not quite sure. Oh, was that what they were using back then, presumably? I would have I, I thought so. Um, uh, seal skin or uh, there's no snakes in Iceland so seal is probably the closest thing you get to uh, a snake <laughs> and that's what I'm assuming what snake people well snake having people uh, would use for contraception back in the day I believe that's why St. Patrick was tasked with chasing the snakes out of Ireland I believe they, they really had an issue with that form of <laughs> contraception i think yeah, yeah uh still being dealt with to this day uh, in certain quarters but so yeah so leif erickson eric the red right he was a guy yeah yeah he was something about he, this is, uh, eric the red and there was something about greenland mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh and then he found you guys this is before this is before ingolfer no Arnesen? this is after that okay so it's for for uh, f- let's say for our Connie friends out there. This tells you know the story of Reykjavik. Can you t- tell us the story? You should tell it. Ingolfur Arnason was trying to dodge taxes in Norway, <laughs> and uh, so he and his people got onto a boat and they sailed the the well not the seven seas but they sailed the sea a sea, and uh, they were looking for a spot to land. They were in Iceland. They're like, hey, we we made it. We made it to the island. Uh, let's find a place. So he took two sticks of dynamite out and he tossed them overboard and and he decided this was the place. And that is why Reykjavik is called Reykjavik, the Smoky Cove. Indeed. Right? They, it, th- it burned uh, because of the dynamite. Yeah, exactly. And this was after uh, Alfred Nobel had actually traveled back in time to give... Uh, yeah, he was a time traveler, he, right? Yeah, he gave uh, dynamite to... To olden times people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why uh, people believe in magic. And that's <laughs> and then he went back to his time. And after he had... So he had made his fortune from Dynamite and also the sports almanac, wasn't it? That he had gotten when he had gone back. Yeah, that was definitely a sports almanac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he came back and he's like, his bank account is suddenly full. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this shit out with a bunch of medals, right? Exactly. That's the story of the I Nobel mean, how- Prize. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, Aaron Bales, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a swell guy. So Aaron Bales is a swell guy. He's out there. He is a he's a pretty infamous Facebook troll. So he's stalking you and several other people as far as I know. He's also the co-host of Van Splainin, the cultural <laughs> importance of Edward Van Halen podcast, also found on the Sauropod. Wow. And he's a former bandmate uh, and, and leader of the rock and roll country flavored band flatfoot Ooh. so um, what what does aaron play he plays a lap steel here let me give you a little taste and he's a singer too he's gonna sing at you he's a soulful man well my granddaddy was a man of the cloth wish i knew just a while Flatfoot folks, Lansing, Michigan's finest. That's Granddaddy from Trek's End. 2000 
Seven, we'll say. I think we'll say 2007, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's All an right. excellent blue stemming there. Good stuff. But he does, so he does excellent Facebook trolling, and he, he likes to throw out these outrageous threads and things like that. And uh, one of the most recent ones was Best American Rock and Roll Band. And it kind of threw me for a loop because I can't, Queen. I can't tell you. American Rock and Roll Band? Yeah. Is Queen? Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got your vote lodged. I'm not quite sure who who I would choose. I think, you know, Bruce was thrown in there. Tom Petty. Those aren't bands. They're not Those really. Those are uh, men. Exactly. And that was part of the argument made. It was like, you're not, the, the Tom McCartan argument was, you're not paying money to go see the E Street Band. You're going to see the boss, right? Yeah. That's simple. You're not, I mean, who cares about the E Street Band? N- nobody. Not the answer exactly. is nobody. So, so that's not going to work. Blow. So any other good contenders there? I don't. I think, uh, oh, Credence was the prime contender. And I oh, you mean Creed? No. <laughs> Credence, the uh, uh, the revival, Clearwater Revival. I'm, I'm not aware of this uh, band. Are they uh, famous in the States? Uh, yeah. You would know Fortunate Son. Fortunate Son? Nope. It's the, it's the song that they play in every movie about Vietnam when the helicopters land. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or Spirit in the Sky. Uh, oh, I thought that was Creed. Nope. That's not Creed. That They're stuck in their own prison. So you're not uh, going to hear a whole lot from them. Fair enough. Um, I've actually, I nearly had the chance to saw, see them, but uh, I, I, would I s- fucked it up, man. How did you how did you blow it? I, I didn't get tickets. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so I there was wasn't the some city, mishap. Uh, okay. and, and they like, were playing. And I'm not I just doing this. Did, I just didn't get tickets. Full disclosure, I have seen Creed live. Oh, were they it was not on purpose, though. <laughs> so they were just playing where you were at? They were an opening band for Van Halen in, in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, all of that is just uh, comedy. entertaining. I know, especially if you know anything about Van Halen. 1998 wasn't a great year for it the band been Van the Halen. Best one, no. Uh, were they scoring high on the Best American Rock Band uh, poll? They were. Their name was thrown out there. I don't know if. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on how you evaluate rock and roll music. Like, yeah. I guess uh, I like to. I like to say it's got to be either sexy or dangerous, or maybe Ooh. a little bit of both. Right. Uh, I think. I think if you're gonna go for for sexy and dangerous, you're gonna you're gonna be a good rock and roll band. Yeah, and so that's why I kind of preclude Tom Petty, who you know, fine fine American songwriter. Right. They they uh, they do a very uh, quality brand of what you would call middle of the road rock and roll music, right? <laughs> but they're not terribly dangerous. They're not no. terribly sexy. No, I, I mean, if you look at Tom Petty, he's like laying flat uh, in a box and underground, and that's just <laughs> not a very sexy look. <laughs> These days, that is his look. That's true. He should uh, maybe he should seek counseling from a uh, from a style guide or something. Yeah, like that. I think he try living, Tom. Go on to lift yourself up, Tom. Uh, yeah, like really, exactly. really elevate yourself. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I, I mean, Van Halen's. I would preclude maybe just because of the outfits. I mean, their outfits were so uh, offensive that, mm. and yet those first four records are stone cold classics. How about Kiss? Uh, I would say the the quality of musicianship maybe is not there and that they don't have any. Um, mm, but they did definitely have some sort of quality of kind of ship. 
there's a lot of listen when it comes to the the tongue argument i think kiss is safely number one <laughs> i think you can lick him up whenever you like yeah uh, it's I, it's a very very impressive range there that he has yes exactly i think well, he we're could not talking pleasure about multiple people at the same time i'm sure he would tell you that he has uh, if, I, if i know gene <laughs> Uh, and you do know Gene. And I do know Gene. And he definitely would tell you that he's he's licked several women at once. Yeah, I think that should be a story for another time. Like, you should really tell us about the time when uh, when you met Gene. That would be a great, great episode for the new year. I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. I'm not allowed to speak of that time. But I will tell you that I did see Kiss through a window uh, at a Tower Records one time when their box set was coming out in the early Ooh. 2000s, standing on a little stage inside, and uh, they looked ridiculous. <laughs> the end. That's my story. I walked by. I was like, hey, it's fucking Kiss. And then I kept walking. It's outrageous. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I think Guns N' Roses are in the conversation. Yeah. The problem is the, the catalog's too shallow. You yeah, it's like one album. You've got one album, then you've got a uh, big double album which is probably a quadruple album really the two the two records which are each a double album mm. and then you've got uh chinese democracy which is then you just got Axel rose being absolute absolute asshole and i had the chance of seeing them once but uh he was an hour late for a festival slot a main oh no. a headline festival slot so was this he, his last time they were here no no this was in denmark at some point okay and uh he's just an asshole so which they can go fuck themselves <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Maybe not first. Axe Rose can go fuck himself. <laughs> the great thing is you're definitely not the first person to say <laughs> that. That's, there's, just a, there's a strong argument that you are spearheading there. Was this the Slash lineup or the Buckethead lineup? I think it was in between, actually. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> like an unknown... Uh, Insert name. No. Guitarist. Thank no. Thank boo. Yeah, where's my boo button? Uh, <laughs> That's some harsh... Uh, fuck you, Axel. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. Street of Dreams is amazing. Some of those Catcher in the Rye, some of those Chinese Democracy tracks, they're not too bad. It's almost worth the 20 years that it took I, to put out that record. I have to admit that I actually never listened to it. You know what? You're fine. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, you're not going to headbutt me? No. Nope. I'll leave that to Axel. Yeah. yeah. Um, bring it on, Axel. What about... Okay, the other quality contender, I would say, is possibly the Ramones. Not terribly sexy, but definitely dangerous, they're right? Definitely dangerous. And they're sexy in a, in an ugly kind of way. In a kind of a we're, we're, we're really stupid kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have sex anywhere. <laughs> if, we're happy if you want to have sex with us. Yes. Um, okay, okay. The Ramones are definitely like... Uh, one of the spearheads of a thing, anyway. So they like did the whole American punk scene. Yes, they 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 execute a culmination of other smaller bands. I think somebody mentioned uh, the Stooges, but you know the Stooges are a little are borderline unlistenable. And I love the Stooges. Don't get me wrong. Well, the Stooges aren't really a thing without Iggy. So that's the same thing as the E Street Band. Oh wow. Outrageous shots fired yeah. there. I've seen the Stooges. I've seen Iggy. They're fucking amazing. But yeah, no doubt. Well, so did you but see? But it's the Iggy show. Like, like oh, yeah. it's the band, and they just and they've literally said this in documentaries. Like, yeah, you just like get out of Iggy's way. Let, <laughs> let him do his thing. Yeah. You just play the fucking song, and Iggy does his thing. Right. So did you see? 
Did you see the Stooges with, with when Ronnie Ashton was alive? I have no idea. Okay, I but, saw them recently. Okay, so maybe James Williamson then, uh, who's an excellent guitar player. But again, a really shallow catalog. You're looking at three records and then the ones they put out in the last couple of years or whatever, yeah. like, which don't count. To be though. absolutely honest, Iggy's recent stuff is quite good. Uh, I, that doesn't surprise me. I can't say that I've listened to it, but no. it doesn't surprise me that it would be... The most surprising thing about Iggy is that he has one foot that is significantly longer than the other one. I think that's his penis, isn't it? That might be, but oh, okay. he, he walks with a significant limp. We're really? talking like we're talking like five lumen of difference. <laughs> which is which is sizable, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he limps around the stage uh, being all Iggy-like. Oh, so it's sort of a Quasimodo fashion. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But they don't, uh, I don't think they've got enough tunes to qualify. I don't think they, mm. and again, when we're talking about best rock band, uh, I'm envisioning a sort of battle of, international battle of the bands, right? Like, mm. who, who are you going to put up there? How about the Grateful Dead? I mean, possibly the least rocking band I've ever heard, <laughs> heard before. I mean, uh, oh yeah. I just don't think they liked sex a lot though. But did, they also they? liked acid a lot. Yeah, they, I know. I definitely know they, they liked acid a lot. Uh, I did not know about their their sexual preferences. Well, I'm assuming if you, I'm sure they had an appetite for for sex, sexual destruction. Okay. Yeah, you've just shut down my whole uh, Grateful Dead thing. That's fine. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, if no, you're I did, I did see a Grateful Dead uh, documentary that was four hours, which kind of I'm sorry <laughs> resonates with their concerts. I okay. think they were always like. They multiple were. hours they were journeys if yes. you will so. that's not my uh listen you know f- f- folks at home you across the table from me if you want to like grateful dead please feel free you know put put ripple up against welcome to the jungle and then let's see where we stand after that is what yeah, i would say fair enough fair um, enough yeah. welcome to the jungle is a very sexy song it's a great and it's dangerous too oh, you yeah. getting you're getting the sex and the danger with the guns yeah uh and and likewise so I, if we're if we're allowed to just look at partial catalogs i think okay. i think guns and roses fuck you axel uh <laughs> might <laughs> might be up there on the list like they're, they're in the top i think they they've got to be top 10 mm. just because that that first record is arguably the best debut rock album mm. it's mostly hits so how how about we go for uh, some of the grunge stuff and when you say some of the grunge stuff you just mean nirvana well okay so let's start with nirvana let's let's take it from there because it's a great it's a valid point but again, I would I would argue maybe a shallow catalog because you're not going to listen to the like. There's three albums. You're not listening to Bleach, right? Like you're you're li- you aren't listening to. You're it. listening to three songs. Uh, you're Bleach, listening right? to Hall of Bleach. I think, you're, I, think, I think you're listening to Love, Love uh, Buzz, uh, and I think you're listening to School, uh, and then I think you're switching it like out. The whole album is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> You are going to listen to all of Nevermind, right? Yeah. Bank it. That's that's gold. It's pure yeah, gold. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's in Utero, all of it, all of it, start yeah, to finish, yeah, yeah. right? And I would say you're going to listen to four to five songs off of Incesticide. Uh, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I'll I give mean, you that one. The rest of it, I mean, it depends on your how much you enjoy noise rock, right? Because they yeah. were in a very sonic, youthy stage at that point. This is true. And I don't, it's not for me, uh, personally. All right. And then the Unplugged album, right? Fairly Immaculate. Indeed. I think it's a great uh, 
look at the other side of Nirvana, the softer side. But they're both they're both dangerous, and they are sexy. They are a little sexy, yeah. And and their catalog is generally quite good. Yeah. So I, I think they should be considered anyway. I think they're definitely qualifiers. Top 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top 10. Okay, so let's look at the other contenders then. How about this Dark Horse, same era, Stone Temple Pilots? Yeah. I uh, uh, Okay, so you've got Core, you've got Purple, you've got Tiny Music. Those three, first three. Oh, uh, the, they're quite good, but, yep. but uh, they're sort of sort of like grunge diet aren't they they're grunge zero that was the that's the traditional narrative you know what we do here though is we upset narratives so let's just look at it (laughs) let's look at it for what it was uh they were let's they're they're a bit of a chameleon band right Mm, yes Uh, they did have a very sexy singer yeah, he was he was real slinky. Yeah, yeah Scott think, Weiland. Yeah, I think he was like upwards of of uh, twenty five kilograms or something like that. I think he was, uh, and I think like in, in the nineties yeah. he ate like one sandwich. I think he had a trisket, <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever uh, body glitter had had accidentally fallen <laughs> into his mouth when he was applying it to himself. Yeah. Uh, fabulous. Rest in peace, Scott Weiland. Also passed away around the same time as George Michael. George Michael got way more uh press yeah yeah definitely and the reason i paused there was because (laughs) i had to question whether or not george michael is his name or is that the name of the son on arrested development is it george michaels no it's george michael and it's just george michael george michael bluth Uh, well no no no, the the singer oh uh he's george michael senior (laughs) okay No, George Bluth Sr. Wake you up before me go-go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never forget. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Scott Whelan did, like, uh, he had the Velvet Underground. No, Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver yeah. with Slash. Yes. And the other, uh, maybe, a, I don't know, was it Izzy? Duff? A couple of those guys? Yeah, some Duff of those. Duff and Izzy are fairly I interchangeable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it was Duff uh, McCicken. McCicken? Yes. Yep. Sounds like a who is also i think from seattle i think he actually had a grunge band around that time quite possibly very likely anyway it's a timeless debate right into us or don't Uh, definitely don't we're not going to read your letters we're not going to read them we don't get any and we Uh, don't anticipate getting any well i've gotten a lot of mail um, you have gotten a lot of mail and i've had to like i said move so uh, if you write to us, the mail is going to end up in the wrong address. It's going to annoy the people who mm-hmm. live in my previous apartment. Mm-hmm. So uh, please don't. Yeah, we would we would thank you to please stop thinking about us whenever possible. Uh, and with that, let's take a break, and we'll be back right after this. It's a well-known fact that the curse of modernity is an excess of selection: yin or yang, shorts or slacks, animals or minerals. Black or white? Does it really matter if you're either of these? It shouldn't, but tell that to those green-skinned Martians sent by the Galactic Congress to judge our planet in the upcoming Kuiper Belt death panels. Yes, life is a veritable treasure trove of options to freak out over as you weigh the pros and cons, knowing that no matter what you decide, your decision will send you cascading down a tunnel of deterministic results and spit you out on the other end, a shattered mass of organic refuse with no one but yourself to blame. Hell, even if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. All of which implies that today's program is brought to you by... Menus. 
Yes, if you really must be forced to reach a conclusion regarding your preference for one strain of nut milk over another, why not cast your eyes in the direction of a list in which the selections available are graphically illustrated? Like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, menus map out the many routes you can travel to reach your eventual lackluster conclusion. Should I mitigate the guilt of treating myself by ordering a small, only to find that I am left unsated and wanting? Or shall I get a large and hate myself for such an indulgence by adding the wastefulness of binning that which I cannot finish? Should I split the difference and order a medium, knowing that while it will be the perfect amount to suit my needs, it's only a dime's worth of difference? Is this doing justice to my net worth and hypothetical retirement account? And what about the self-esteem of my dimes? There is no better tool to define and then ratchet up the anxiety inherent in every step you take when wading into the toxic waters of society. Who even knew that potatoes could be prepared in so many ways? And what sort of oils are they being deep fried in? Better check the menu. Just because you're a sad sack consumption machine that has been tweaked and prodded by commercials just like this one into thinking that being persnickety to the point of insanity automatically makes you more discerning and therefore better, that doesn't mean that you're above slowing everybody's day down by mulling over the most appropriate path into the grave, fueled by this impressive roster of sauces. Wait, I'm sorry, there's a backside to this menu? God damn it all! I'm going to need another minute here. Could you come back once I've had a chance to ponder the possible ups and downs that accompany my choice for either foreign or domestic? Thanks. Menus. Visual representations of choices you can choose while killing time before time kills you. Brought to you by the photosensitive ganglion cells fueling the neurological pathways to the visual cortex and or your friendly waitstaff. So... So, I think we are at this point, I think we're back from a break... Yeah, uh, I mean, either we're back from a break or we've just been listening to uh, a, a presentation on a, an amazing product that, that yeah. we endorse. Personally, yeah, yeah. I use the possible product uh, daily. Yeah, uh, I use it uh, twice daily. In fact. I, in fact, am using it at this very moment. You are. And uh, it's, it's funny because I, I know that you need a third hand and... Uh, I can't, uh, uh, you know, supply that for you. I'm no. not going to. I refuse to. Yeah, uh, that would be unnatural. Not for closeness' sake. It's just spite. Yeah. Really. So, you know, but that that comes with this particular product. That's a byproduct of this product. Yes. Is the spite. So. Uh, it is still a good product, but uh, you have to just be aware of the side effects. Yeah. Which is, uh, you will need a third hand. Yes. And or. Or we've just come from a break. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's one or the other. You decide. Uh, but let's do a little... Listen, we pride ourselves in being almost topical and keeping you eh, relatively informed. Let's do some snooze. This is the snooze. Sauropod News. And now here's the latest from yesterday. Dateline, you know, not too long ago, but long enough to where we're not going to run into any uh, copyright issues. Uh, the Washington Post, Annie Gowan reporting. This is kind of a longer story, a little unusual for us, a little longer form for us. He lost his mind. Slain missionary John Allen Chow planned for years to convert remote tribe. Wow. Have you heard anything about this? I have not. Okay. So this was John? Um, John Allen Chow. Is he? How is that spelled? Uh, C H A U. Uh, that is. Uh, it would be an American pronunciation. I don't know. Apologies to uh, slain missionary John Allen Chow's memory if it's incorrect. Rest in peace. Yeah, uh, possibly. 
On Instagram, John A. Chow came off like a carefree young adventurer, climbing mountain peaks and exploring jungles. But in reality, the missionary harbored a deadly obsession with an isolated tribe in India he had first read about as a teen. Chow's those those teen readings can be quite troublesome. They're influential. They stay with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I read uh, some literature when I was a teenager, and and those images have, have stayed with me quite some time. And they have broken up uh, my relationships. It's, uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear it. Which which isolated which isolated tribe were you obsessing over as a teen? Uh, Where were they from? <laughs> Mine was they from Mongolia. From, mine were from uh, California. Oh, okay. Uh, and they were uh, a group of young women and and some men. Mm-hmm. And they uh, were naked mostly. Okay. As oh. as is with many tribes. One of the cults. One of the. Yes. Uh, okay. And and they liked uh, sort of to intermingle their uh, their appendages and and oh their bodies. Yeah. They were a body based tribe. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. And this was sort of uh, I I read these uh, these stories and and it was more like pictograms and uh, they had a profound influence on me oh interesting well you'll you'll have to uh, send me some some of the links to those yeah uh, that's like uh, jenna.jameson.com okay and uh, and such things yeah um, that's I mean and uh, that site is not paying us to endorse them like that we're just no. doing it out of the uh, the purity of the moment here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's, is uh, nothing but pure. Indeed. Yeah. So so he was influenced by uh, some texts. Uh, he Well, he was... Uh, let's see. Uh, he's, Chow spent set years planning and training to travel illegally to remote North Sentinel Island. How do you travel illegally? I think... Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think you would have to... Uh, do you have to be upside down or something? You have a blinker uh, out on your vehicle, perhaps. Uh, Maybe you've got one of those uh, Jason Bourne fake passports or something like that. Possibly you are uh, nude. You're doing the the Donald Duck, perhaps. It, it just depends on whatever the laws of the jurisdiction you're traveling through. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I know... A but the travel itself isn't illegal. No. Uh, I think actually it might be. So in this case, yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, North Sentinel Island on a mission to convert its residents to Christianity. So he's a, he, he's a Chris lover. Uh, yeah. Including learning emergency medicine and studying linguistics and cultural anthropology, his missionary group said. So he's he's prepping for a big excursion, illegal, allegedly. Yeah. Though he knew the islanders had long violently resisted outsiders... He conducted a covert mission to the protected island this month. So, is, uh, when when they say covert, is that was he covert to the people or was he covert to the law enforcement? I think to both is uh, is what I intuit from the ooh, way this is being presented. We're in stalker territory. It's like spies and stalkers. Like stuff. nobody needs. It's, it's a need to know basis, and nobody needs to know. Yeah. Except Please. John. <laughs> right. And John, it's argu- arguably knew too much. He, mm. he is the man who knew too much that ah, you heard yes. so much about. Police said that shortly after he arrived at the island this month, the tribe killed him. <laughs> so he wasn't very covert then. <laughs> yeah, uh, he probably should have prepared more. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Indian authorities say they have yet to recover the body. The death of the 26-year-old missionary from Washington State, who broke a raft of laws and put the health of the indigenous people at risk, has sparked international outrage, a heated debate about the protection of tribal communities and at least two investigations by authorities in India. 
It also has prompted soul-searching in the U.S. evangelical community, which has been debating whether Chow was a martyr, a fool, or was afflicted by a messiah complex. Mm. I think he must have been a martyr. I mean, he was he was doing the Lord's work. Can we say all of the above, though? Is that an option? Uh, yes. D, can I fill in that circle? I think so, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you can just add it in. You're reading oh, it's, it's a write-in ballot. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. God, I don't want to die, Chow scrawled in his journal while sitting in a fishing boat off the coast of the island where the no- North Central... That doesn't me. sound very Christian. God, I don't want to die. <laughs> I would have thought, God, I long for your company. Yeah, it's uh, it's his plan, right? Like, we're supposed to trust in his plan, so, yeah. you know, take me, leave me. Yeah, also, you know that the any, heaven is waiting. Any you, way you want it, that's the way you need it. Yeah. Right. The earthly life is a uh, is a pain. It's uh, it's a pain that you must endure until God takes you. As Eric Clapton once so sagely intoned, "Heaven is one step away." Courtesy of the Back to the Future soundtrack, <laughs> 1985, found on MCA Records. Um. You're welcome, MCA. Uh, please make the check out to thesauropod.com. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so God, I don't want to die. He he scrawled in his journal shortly before he was killed. Also scrawled in all caps, uh, a very Trumpian, uh, a Turkian uh, all caps situation. Who will take my place if I do? Wow. So so he he is basically saying he's irre- irreplaceable. He's irreplaceable, and that God shouldn't uh, shouldn't mess with uh, his own plan. And as we know from Beyonce, don't you ever get to thinking. You're irreplaceable. Ah, yes. Right? Chow, easygoing and friendly, seemed like any other backpacker when he showed up at Remco Snowage's dive shop in 2016 on Havelock Island in India's Andaman and Nicobar Island chain and said he wanted to learn to scuba dive. Chow's time on the island, a diver's haven, a little plug there for uh, Remco Snowage's home, uh, Nicobar. Island chain, uh, was largely unremarkable. He stayed in a house called Scuba Love, L-U-V, which was filled with, quote-unquote, chattering geckos, swam with parrotfish, and snapped pictures of blue coral for his Instagram account, where he had 17,000 followers. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, 17,000 followers, get a life. Number I two... I think he probably is one of these people who pay people to be their follower. Oh, okay. You think these are all bots, maybe? Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. Chattering gecko bots? But then again, I don't know, I don't know about uh, John Chow. He might have been a well-respected individual in a large community. Or he might have been a fool afflicted by a messiah complex. Or possibly again. a martyr. Yeah, it's true. Whatever you want to fill in on that ballot is up to you, the listener. Yeah, uh, and But again, do send the ballot. Don't forget to send it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, everybody should be out there. We want to engage people and encourage them all to vote. Yeah, And exactly. all these things, right. It doesn't matter what you're voting on. Just make sure you vote. Voting okay. really matters. So send us your vote to uh, thesauropod at dot com. Dude, I think what just happened there is we just rocked the vote. Woo. Okay. Also, uh, this is just a travel log article. Uh, at this point, we need to get to the part where the, the tribes people <laughs> kill him. Uh, yet Snowji recalled that Chow seemed intently interested in the North Sentinelese tribe, which lived a Stone Age existence on a nearby island. A little judgy there. Yeah. Protected by a three-mile exclusion zone imposed by the Indian government. The tribe has long resisted outside human contact. When Indian helicopters flew overhead after the 2004 tsunami, members of the tribe fired arrows and threw spears. Now I think, find that 
to be just makes sense. As, as tribes are it's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. if you listen, if you're if you've got government protections like that. And you got a bunch of spears and arrows lying around. What are you going to do with them? Shoot them in shoot them a fucking helicopter. Yeah, exactly. Snowji told Chow that the island was off limits, but on dive excursions, he regaled the American with local lore about the two fishermen who traveled to the island in 2006 and were strangled by islanders about the rumors that the Japanese military had buried gold there during World War II. Buried gold in World War II. I mean, if that's not <laughs> enticing, I want to go right now. Let's uh, let's yeah. get a fucking boat and a scuba tank and I get mean, over there. We're talking about gold. Uh, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about like finding random gold, possibly digging, there's shovels involved. Absolutely. I love it. I wonder if the Amber Room shows up in this article. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Uh, lost treasure. Anyway, he shared a keen interest in researching, knowing more about them. Snowji said it must have struck a chord. Let's skip down to the bottom. Uh, he later read the novel The Sign of the Beaver about a boy who is left alone and guards his family's log cabin with the help of a Native American friend. <laughs> I don't know how that could possibly be applicable to the aforementioned. Very related. <laughs> Again, your Washington Post. Mm, you could see that every decision he has made, every step he has taken since then, was driven by his desire to be among the North Sentinelese people, Ho said. Ho must be somebody. He planned uh, to live there for years and hoped to learn their language, so on and so, so forth. So he thought that, that the North Sanganalese were going to just welcome him because he would convert them to Christianity. Yeah. Yes. So he would save them. Yes. He. Ah, it's amazing. So he is. Uh, he did have a complex. A complex. But, you know, but because it's religious, and also a martyr, too. Yeah, definitely. So, again, if you want to choose uh, D, if you want to fill in that, that bubble, feel free. But feel, fill in any which one you find is correct. Don't don't listen to our. No no no, of, no 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 Just you, don't let us influence your vote. Listen, a lot of people like to lo- to rock the vote in many different ways. You choose the way that is best for you and your needs and your situation. Just like when you want to send us money, send us the appropriate amount relative to your situation. Okay, if you've got a lot of money, send us a lot of money. If you have few little money, send us you know as much as you can. Yeah. He repeatedly trespassed on this island, and they lost their patience with him. Chalani said, there is faith and there is mental illness. He didn't understand the line between faith and doing something that's absolutely nutty. Again, rather judgy, but I think no. Chow's diary, which his family provides to the Washington Post, unfolds like the adventure novels he once read. He arrived on October 16th and paid fishermen to take him by boat at night to the island on November 14th, evading the lights of patrols on the way. When the sun broke, Chow drew near the tribe. The women. So, is there like a patrol around this island uh, making sure they're safe? They're from people. protected people. They do their own thing. Again, they rock the vote in their own ways yeah. as well. And that includes chucking spears around. Yeah, exactly. The women began, quote unquote, looing and chattering, sexist, he wrote, and he was faced by men armed with bows and arrows. My name is John. I love you, and Jesus loves you. He oh. shouted before retreating. I guess I should have shouted he's, that. He's, so he's sort of he he's saying he knows the mind of God uh, because Jesus is God. He's speaking and on Jesus's behalf. Yeah. I don't think that's cool at all. No, you don't think so. You, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be speaking on other people's emotions. If Jesus really cared Not, so much about these people, yeah, he, he would let them know. He'd show up. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of him shouting this across a beach because <laughs> it says he Jesus sh- loves you. <laughs> 
he shouted before retreating. So he's like running away, covering his head, kind of doing that sort of awkward beach run where you're running on sand, you know, so it's not very fast. And they're just like <laughs> sighting him up with their bows and arrows. I love it. I yeah. mean, rest, you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The second day, he kayaked to the island. So he actually just, he just fucked off after that first round of just shouting his name <laughs> and Jesus' love. The second day, he kayaked to the island and tried to offer the tribe small gifts, fish, scissors, <laughs> scissors, <laughs> cord. So, so he, he handed them weapons? <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Fish, scissors, cord, and safety pins. A man in white with a crown, possibly made of flowers, shouted at him. <laughs> Did he sh- Fuck off! <laughs> Jesus hates you! <laughs> uh, he responded by singing, quote-unquote, worship songs and hymns, and the tribe fell silent. That sounds like, he, to them, probably, like he's, he's getting you, ready for war. Can you believe this guy? What's he doing over there? <laughs> A juvenile fired an arrow at him, piercing his waterproof Bible. Wow, that's a <laughs> very complicated <laughs> sentence with a lot to unpack, as they would uh, say. So the waterproof Bible. So this guy was such a such an easy target. He was appraised by the adults, and they're like, you know what? Let Junior take a shot at this yeah. guy. Second of all, waterproof Bible. <laughs> Rei, you've done it again. Uh, I mean, it has to be. You gotta, you gotta be able to read the Bible underneath the water. I when you live under the sea. When you're doing such under kayaking travels. The sea. Beautiful. I mean, do you think that's what he was singing under the when sea he was, when yeah, he was definitely. giving his worship songs and hymns? Sea hymns. Chow fled on foot through the mangrove. So again, he's he's kind of running away. Uh, it's sort of like he engages with these people, and it's the equivalent of him uh, lighting the fuse on a firecracker, like I fireworks, kinda, and then and then get away. Yeah, I kind of see him sort of scuttling like a like a crab, <laughs> sort of like a that a awkward sidestep kind of thing. thing. Okay, Lord, is this uh, is this island Satan's last stronghold, where none have heard or even had the chance to hear your name? He wrote. Great. Oh, do you think he? They were just confused. They didn't know about God. That nobody told them. Uh, it's possible, or it's possible. This is also just his blog. Soft skills. <laughs> this is the blog to God, right? Yes. Uh, by the third day, he became convinced he was going to die. Watching the sunset, and it's beautiful. Crying a bit, wondering if it will be the last sunset I see. He wrote. He asked the fishermen to drop him on the beach. They returned the next day and saw the tribesmen dragging Chow's body. I mean, you know, sad enough in itself, but uh, what's up with this patrol? Because this is three days in a row. So uh, this feels like it's a prison. It feels like a Sylvester Stallone type prison island. Okay. uh, And that there's a patrol there making sure they don't leave. Mm -hmm. And they've removed all the sort of commodities of modern life and left the people to sort of fend for themselves well what 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 strikes me is the sort of lackadaisical attitude they have toward their patrolling and i feel like they need to if this were uh american corporate culture we'd have to run them through training again basically they'd have to go through several computer modules about what it means to patrol and have your eyes open and spot things yeah possibly they could uh, add a second boat or a third boat and because there are patrol routes which you can come up with where there's very minimal blind spots in the in the route it is the fucking ocean right i mean it's a fairly you got a good view everywhere you look yeah for the most part 
but likewise, I mean, if you want to, if we want to go the, the Stallone route, then this is sort of like Rambo 2, right? Yeah. He's captured by the Russians uh, in Vietnam, but they're just sort of wandering around without their guns, I guess. And then he just leaves. End of movie. <laughs> mm, go figure. Yeah. Maybe they, they just uh, based the whole prison idea on that. Makes sense. Rambo 2? Yeah. <laughs> First Blood Part 2? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the fishermen have been arrested. <laughs> okay. As has a friend of Chow's who helped organize the boat trip. So, okay, so we can assume that maybe maybe the fishermen are going through some computer modules about yeah. what to do and not do. Police have no strategy to retrieve his body and don't plan to confront the islanders. Uh, the prisoners. Yeah, right. AKA the prisoners, the possibly. Ma- yeah. But they're armed, though. So maybe, maybe we're the prisoners, man. Oh. Maybe the outside's actually the inside. What side of the wall are it we? It might on? be the edge of the world, isn't it? I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that would be the last frontier to sort of, uh, Christianitize or wh- <laughs> however they do it. Christy sanitize. <laughs> 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 no, it's great. It's staying in. We're keeping it. No, bleep that. Chow's, <laughs> Chow's friends from the islands are still grieving and mystified by the whole episode. He lost his mind, definitely, Snowji said. But ask any adventurer. You have to lose your mind a little bit. Otherwise, you don't do it. Interesting life philosophy there yeah. from Snowji. But, uh, it sounds like the ravings of a lunatic. It kind of does, right? But hey, adventure about The lunatic would say, yes, you have to go mad. That's the only way. I noticed Snowji's still got air pumping through his lungs, right? Like yeah. he's uh Who was Snowji again? He's was that the He was the guy who ran the scuba training uh, situation. But here's what I'm thinking. I, I feel like the article played placed like a, an excessive sort of emphasis on the scuba training part of this. <laughs> you think it might be like a backdoor advertising campaign I, for I Snow think G it's scuba? Mostly <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> And that you can, like, probably learn how to dive to get underneath the patrols and all that. I do know, uh, I don't know about you, but, like, right now, I'm really hungry for scuba diving. Yeah. Are you? That's yeah. crazy. We actually have a scuba cake here, uh, which you can just oh, slice do up. Oh, we'll have to cut into that later. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds interesting. Uh, also, I feel like Snowji is talking the talk, but he's not exactly scubaing the scuba, if you know what I mean. Like... He's, well, he's trying to scoop the scoop. Yeah, well, he's definitely scooping this guy's scoop, whatever that may mean. <laughs> Take from that what you will. Vote, vote as you see fit. Uh, let's do a rare follow-up here. USA Today caught up with uh, headline, Anthropologists visited remote North Sentinel tribe decades ago and survived. So this Ooh. is another dude who was there and got away commenting on said was story. He, uh, was he also a Chris lover? Well, let's find out. Uh, Tien Pandit, now in his 80s, was a part of a gift-giving expedition to the hunter-gatherer tribes of the Andaman Islands decades ago when the trips were sanctioned by police. After several trips nearing the island bringing gifts including coconuts, something that you would think islanders would maybe not have much need for, probably mm. an abundance of coconuts, but maybe I'm just thinking Maybe Looney it's a Tunes. weird island. Yeah, it could be. It might be a lemon island. <laughs> Do those are those out there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There's uh, there's quite a few in the in the Indian Ocean where there's nothing but lemons there. Iceland is an island. How many coconuts and lemons do you guys grow? There's uh, the there's no coconuts, unfortunately. Uh oh. Well, so we, maybe, maybe this guy a, to deliver some then. 
Yeah, yeah, he's still alive, isn't he? He's now in his 80s, but yeah, he's still making comment to USA oh, Today okay. and Ashley May. Let's get him here. Bring your coconuts, dude. Uh, he Doing so, he and the team were able to make close contact with the isolated people. He told the New York Times in a previous interview that encounters weren't always friendly, describing how the tribe's people did show initial hostility armed with bows and arrows. Uh, but he told BBC's World Service his team always backed away when they were threatened by the people he believes are generally peace-loving. Uh, I wonder if he brought uh, guns. I mean, peace sticks. <laughs> Keep your peace, your your peacemaker in one hand and your coconut in the other, right? Exactly. That's the way of the West. And point the peacemaker towards the peace people. He and we don't even know if they're that peaceful. They get, again, they have spears and bows and arrows, so terribly threatening. I mean, if we were like a baddie in a in a Star Trek episode, we'd say like, "Oh, these are bad. We have to kill them." But then our daddy Picard would come and 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 say, "Oh, let's be reasonable here." Oh, well, that's a uh, what, what is their thing called when they they're not allowed to talk to the aliens? The oh, prime, yeah. the prime, the prime objective, directive. prime directive. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's exactly like that. Yeah. By the way. Uh, I feel very sad for the death of this young man who came all the way from America, Pandit told the BBC about the death of John Allen Chow, but he made a mistake. He had enough chance to save himself, but he persisted and paid with his life. Mm. On Saturday, police traveled about 437 yards away from the island shore, only to turn back after seeing tribesmen on the beach armed with bows and arrows. <laughs> End of news report. So maybe his body is still out there. Not quite sure. Again, this is the snooze. We'll find out, you know, next next quarter, you know? Yeah, I am. Question is, did they eat, their, uh, eat his body? That is the question. Will they find that body? Yeah. I mean, I think we should try and investigate this. We have our correspondent. Uh, oh, Somewhere around there. I'm not quite sure uh, yeah, where he's we, at now. We have somebody, he's undercover. James, Jimmy, are you out there? Uh, we, position, we we sent you out to New Delhi several months ago and have not heard anything. So if you could get down to North Sentinel Island, get yourself a, a kayak, whatever it takes, get out there. There's like a guy. scuba shop which you can uh, find. <laughs> yeah, ask for Snowji. <laughs> <laughs> He'll help you. He'll sort you out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, exciting times, high adventure. Uh, but let's do some local news, huh? All right, yeah. Again, uh, our buddies at the Iceland Monitor, MBL.is. Mm. What facts are they throwing at us today? Sheer facts, sheer woolen facts. Sheep brings two lambs into Eskifjordr Health Healthcare Center. And you can see from this photograph here that indeed mm. there are three sheep in this healthcare center. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. A ewe and two lambs entered the healthcare center in Eskifjordr in the east fjords of Iceland yesterday. Saivar Gurjonsson, an Eskifjordr local, published the short video below that he captured of the incident. That ewe has been up in the mountain all autumn, and there's been no way to catch it, he explained to MBL.is. Oh, it's a rascal. Yeah, he's elusive. Mm. He's wily. I was at the healthcare center myself when the sheep arrived. The doors opened automatically, and in they went. Apparently, the sheep were caught soon after their trip to the healthcare center in a nearby garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like these sheep. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're rascals, like you yeah, said. Yeah, they're rascals. Yeah, they're, they got character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Let's uh, let's flip it. There's over. really nothing to no, no, comment I'm, on this. Again, we're just relaying this news. There's yeah, not, we're just delighted. Um, just know that those sheep, the you know, 
they're out there they and were, they're unharmed they were elusive and they're fine they're and fine. the and the healthcare center must have sort of let them out with a clean bill of health well and this is the glory of your socialized healthcare. I mean, this exactly. is key in action i mean i know people have complaints yeah, they didn't about have it, to insure themselves at all they got free health care uh and uh are now well right so that, great Again, from MBL.is Iceland Monitor, all Reykjavik swimming pools to have a private shower cubicle. And here we have an amusing, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be amusing. It's a photograph of a man using a hairdryer to dry off his cock and balls with a big red X crossed over I, it. I find nothing wrong with this I usage mean, of the hairdryer. This is... <laughs> Because They're because men out there, I don't know. Maybe this is a different in the America where everybody has most of their penis cut off. Uh, <laughs> but here in Iceland, we have to make sure our our foreskin, the the penis part under the foreskin, oh, it's is very, dry. It's absorbent. It's no, oh, it's just a, it's just a matter of of cleanliness. If you don't make sure it's washed properly, uh-huh. it, it might uh, start to smell. There's a a name for the substance. It's probably the worst word in the english language it's it's it, it's hideous yeah it is smegma thank you for sharing that with everybody uh tourists are shy of the communal showers in icelandic swimming pools uh, tourists that are shy of the communal showers in icelandic swimming pools can rejoice the city of reykjavik has announced that all reykjavik swimming pools will be equipped with a private shower cubicle nah. such a cubicle is installed for disabled people or anyone who doesn't feel comfortable being naked and washing around others well, that's that's fair enough because there is a there is a sniffer by the door. You you won't notice him very very frequently. Oh, this is crotch sniffer, the other yeah. Yule lad, the fourteenth Yule lad. Yeah, I mean this is a thing in the pools because you don't want to have people uh, like going into the pool without having having properly washed. I see. So there's an actual actual sniffer that is uh, quite sensitive to body odors, <laughs> and and uh, they will sometimes stop people and and sniff their crotch well in this small small island community there has to be a a function for every person and a person for every function right exactly that's how you run things not a lot of uh excess here so it wouldn't you wouldn't have it if it wasn't needed no and and i mean this this is a thing that sort of is bred into into the sniffers because in iceland we've had a long time with with nothing but sheep and dogs <laughs> and uh, dogs have have very sensitive smells uh, absolutely old factories yep exactly remember old factory just just like old factory exactly that's what they taught us so yeah so but uh, do you uh, do you feel it? i mean so so I go I go to the gym, you know, it's a open it's a typical gym where you've got I think in the states my old gym had stalls, but I live 2 miles away so I just get in the car and go shower at home. Mm. But here it's uh it's the wide open nightmare shower scenario and you just deal with it, right? Like it's just how There's nothing to deal with. It's uh, you embrace it. You look at your friends' penises, you compare penises and Maybe, and if you're a, you? if you're a young man, you 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 <laughs> might masturbate together in the shower or something or Maybe if you're a handball uh, playing person, they'll be like masturbating onto the goalie. Oh, okay. And these sorts of uh, shenanigans. Okay, shenanigans. That's what they're called. For me, it's a get in and get out situation, right? No, like, no, no, no. We're no, not no. going to be shameful. We're not going to hide anything. We're not going to be embarrassed walking around in full on jumpsuits or whatever. But it's also not a place to linger. And I have noticed that y'all like to do a lot of chat in there. And yeah, it's not you for me. linger and like the the you thing stare. you put on last is of course going to be your trousers and pants. You just keep it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to keep your penis again. This is for penile health, uh, <laughs> phallic health. <laughs> 
and uh, air it out. <laughs> you want to air out your penis, <laughs> but not, you don't want to have to use machines like this man in the poster. Well, apparently this is forbidden now. I, uh, that's news to me, and I'm <laughs> I'm very disappointed. What's funny is uh, so I'm holding this paper up, <laughs> and on the flip side is the picture of the sheep approaching the healthcare center, mm. and they are at exactly crotch level. So you can uh, see it looks like yes. they're nuzzling. That might be the. The sniffer, as you would say. Yes. yes. Anyway, for people who want to come visit, just know that you're going to have to take it out and leave it out, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's do a little bit of holiday news here. As it is, it is the season, UPI, which is a international press AP wire type thing, but not the AP. Ben Hooper says, parents disturbed by elf murder class assignment. Some parents of students at a British elementary school are complaining after an assignment that involved the murder of a Christmas elf. Parents said eight and nine-year-old students at Flowery Field Elementary School in Hyde, England, arrived for class to find a crime scene that had been set up in classroom, complete with the outline of the quote-unquote murder scene involving an elf on the shelf, which is in caps, so that must be a thing, right? <laughs> elf in the shelf. There was a crime scene in one of the classrooms, a mother of a fourth grade student told the Manchester Evening News. There was police tape and a table had been knocked over and there was blood smeared on one of the tables, she said. So the elf blood, was that uh, red or is that green? Uh, that's a great to me, question. Like elves are, are related to Welkins and they have green blood. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? So that's what uh, probably the carry, carries more oxygen up to the points of the ears, presumably. yes. yes. Again, you're you're the country that believes in elves uh, and all elvish things. So you know, I'll leave that up to you. What do you mean believe? You guys, uh, uh, I think the statistic is ninety nine point eight percent of you believe in elves. Yeah, like ninety nine point eight percent of everybody believes in humans. Uh, is that the number? I think that's the exact. Listen, number. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock that vote however I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter came home and she was absolutely traumatized. I'm not the only parent who felt like that. A lot of the kids in year four were unsettled by it, she said. Head teacher Ian Fell said the elf murder scene was part of a writing assignment which came to a close Wednesday. I have been a teacher for 30 years, and this, in my judgment, is an appropriate, engaging, and exciting thing that children aged eight and nine have done. They have been so up for it, he said. So basically, mom, go screw, been right? so up for it. Like, come on. And then finally... Because it's topical, we get, we got to touch on it. All right. From CBS2 KKL9 Los Angeles, Buzz Aldrin to Steph Curry, go ask the Russians if we landed on the moon. Did you hear about this? I did not. All right. So you're an NBA guy. You know Stephen Curry, right? Yeah. The Golden State he's, Warriors. He's a freak. He is a freak. He's my favorite player. He somehow has a he has a telepathic link to the to the ball. Yes, and he should be burned at the stake. Yeah, he's got a, a witch like gravity, if yeah. you will. So he was on a podcast and just kind of at random threw out the notion of, "Do you guys think that man landed on the moon?" And everybody was like, "No," and he was like, "Yeah, I don't either." <laughs> Which leads to this, you know, Buzz Aldrin, second man to walk on the moon. No. He's an American hero. Uh, what do you mean? A, it, second man. You mean first loser? No. <laughs> Listen, you're, there's a reason why you're going to want to <laughs> check yourself. The second man to walk on the moon doesn't want to talk about NBA superstar Steph Curry's theory that it never happened. Former astronaut Buzz Aldrin, one of three men who took part in Apollo 11 moon landing mission, was at USC Tuesday night to hear presentations by students on why the U.S. should attempt to return to the moon. 
The event came hours after Curry raised doubts about whether humans ever landed on the moon during an appearance with other NBA players on the quote-unquote Winging It podcast. Curry told ESPN Wednesday that he was 1,000% joking when he made the comments and said he would accept <laughs> NASA's invitation to show the two-time MP, uh, MVP its collection of moon rocks at the Johnson Space Center in Houston and educate him about the mission. When, oh, that's very reasonable yeah. of him. Yeah, it's a very it's kind of like a win for everybody, except mm. Steph comes off as kind of uh, looking kind of silly. When asked about Curry's remarks, Aldrin didn't want to comment, but did tell CBS2's Crystal Cruz to tell Curry to, quote-unquote, go ask the Russians who landed on the moon. <laughs> it wasn't clear specifically what Aldrin was referring to. <laughs> uh, let's see. The comments from Curry are not the first time Aldrin has heard this, his moonwalking credentials challenged. In 2002, Aldrin punched documentary filmmaker Bart Sibrel after he cornered the astronaut at a Beverly Hills event and asked him to swear on the Bible that he walked on the moon. <laughs> Police declined to file charges in the case. That's how much clout Buzz Aldrin has in the States. Wow. Now, as of 1999, roughly 6% of Americans said they believed that the Apollo moon landing was faked, according to a Gallup poll. The theory rests on the belief that Cold War, Cold War era pressure to beat Russia to the moon led NASA to fake an elaborate mission on a Hollywood-style soundstage well within the Earth's atmosphere. Now, not to not to dig too deep into the moon fake moon landing. How do you feel about the moon landing? Believer or non-believer? I think the it was excellent uh, work. Like they they really managed to uh, produce a compelling image. Here's here's what I say. I mean, aside from the basic, and there there's a whole laundry list of things of of proof that you can check out on your local. You interwebs. didn't hear that him do the quotation marks. No, though, no, no, no he quotes. Definitely did. No quotes. Uh, uh, proof. The, <laughs> here's what I would say. Have you ever seen a movie about space flight before we actually went to the moon? Like from that era, fifties and sixties, right? They look fucking ridiculous. If you if you watch War of the World, yeah. the day the Earth stood still. But what you're what you're referring to now is like the the dawn of of the techniques. They refined the techniques, and no. when they figured out that no, the no. techniques were compelling enough, <laughs> then they did the the image. No, they, they look fucking stupid. You look at twenty million, you know, Earth versus uh, flying. Well, you're saucers. just being you're just being like really shitty to old film. No, no, old films are great, but if you look at... Oh, you're photos- just saying they're <laughs> shit when they're going to the moon. You're right. They just look ridiculous compared to what actually went up to the moon. It looks so bizarre and so utilitarian. It's got to be real. It looks, mm. Those old spaceships look ludicrous compared to the dials are, and the jumpsuits. Are you jumpsuits. saying that the, the moon lander doesn't look ridiculous? There's like pans and pots stuck no, that, to like some sort of... Uh, it's covered in uh, tinfoil. Yeah. It looks, no, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it, it looks like it was made in my kitchen. It, but it's so ridiculous, it has to be real. Oh, That's you, what I'm saying. So you're saying like uh, they couldn't make this shit up? No, they wouldn't. Ah. They tried to. They couldn't do it. Ah. Everything looks too sleek. Flying saucers. Get out of here. That's not going to make it off the launch pad. Hashtag believer. <laughs> wow, we've had a lot of fun tonight. It's true. That was a that was one successful pre-holiday show. If I if I do say so myself, indeed. And I just did. So and there. you did right. And I agree. Listen, we have got. And to I the believe bottom. all the listeners agree as well. I think I see them nodding. 
yeah, yeah. again, visual medium people. The people outside have not left. I really don't understand why they've not left. No, they seem they're very, cold. They seem very cold. They're shivering. One of them is not moving. One of them is doubled over. The question is, should we be actually uh, worried about this? Just uh, maybe Twitter, Jeremy can uh, tweet to 112. It's the Oh, the, the postal code? Yeah, no, 112 is the is the number for the 911 in Iceland. Oh, is it? So, well. when when Homer Simpson actually asked for what's the number for 911, you'll say 112. 112. Done. Or we could just close the blinds. Or that. All right. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you want to, find us on social media, but who gives a shit? Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to... We're just going to stop asking at a certain point. It doesn't matter. You're already here. You're listening to it. That's kind of all we need. Yeah, yeah. If you want to send us money, though, you can do that. Just uh, email us at info at thesauropod.com about money, and we, we'll give you a place to send it to. We will ask... Like, we, will, we will accept any amount of money. Any amount. Except negative. I'm not going to pay you. No, that's true. If you email me, but if you want to send us something, it's a good catch there. That's a that's a good catch with the legalness. legalness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, the the American legal system, like you have to be on top of all of these loopholes. That's yeah, what yeah. they call them, a loophole. Yeah, exactly. So get out of there. So get none, of that. That yeah. none of that. None of that. No negative money. But please send us positive money and positive vibes. Uh, hey, and tell, tell your us. friends. Yeah, right. Yeah, please tell your friends. What the fuck, man? Well, maybe not your friends. Tell your enemies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. We can berate them. Depends on how you feel about this entire situation. We'll leave it up to you. Again, I can't. You're an adult. I can't make all your decisions for you. Yeah, it's ridiculous that you expect us to make decisions for you. Which is just a podcast. Yeah, come on. We're not like like you should be living your own life. Yeah. Figure out. Find out what your creed is. What color your parachute is. Death of us. Hey, it's been great. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. Think nothing of it. I won't, and I don't. <laughs> the end. Bye. <laughs>